And we are live from Master Closet Studios. You're listening to the only podcast on the internet covering a time travel show with no actual time travel in it. I think that's true. The Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin and I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And And we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And two sons who haven't. Except this week we aren't. We ran out of time this weekend to watch the Cybermen two-parter and decided that rather than missing a week, we would do a wibbly-wobbly episode where we watch a time travel movie or show that's not Doctor Who. Then we're going to discuss that story's approach to time travel, whether they followed their own rules, and what existential crises pop up as a result. Interestingly enough, guys, what's today? Uh, April 4th? <laughs> oh. Which is... April Fool's Day. Day. So this is also kind Uh, of our April Fool's episode. Even though, unless you are a time traveler. What's that? This is all an April Fool's joke. Uh, That's right. No, it was all a carefully planned, organized scheduling thing that we decided to do. Had nothing to do with the fact that we just ran out of time yesterday to watch a two-hour episode. Yeah. Nothing to do with that whatsoever. So, and... Our As an episode. added bonus, the only way that you can actually hear and experience this episode as an April Fool's joke is if you're a time traveler listening to it in the past. Why? Because we're recording it on April Fool's Day. They're not going to be able to hear it on April Fool's Day. It's Unless they download it in the future, travel back to today, and listen to it before we record it. That's confusing. <clears throat> or they could listen to it while we record it. They could be here right now. Because if they have time travel, they probably have cloaking technology. Welcome to Wibbly Wobbly episode number two, covering Star Trek Deep Space Nine, season five, episode 22, Children of Time. Now, if you haven't seen this episode yet, because we didn't give you time in advance to do that, <laughs> time, we didn't give, they're time travelers. Why do we need to give them time? At any rate, it's available on Netflix, Amazon Prime, or CBS All Access, because thankfully right now, Star Trek is everywhere on the internet. So, Go pick your uh, provider of choice. Go watch it now, and we'll wait. Okay, now that that's done, a quick, super short recap, which is redundant and redundant. (laughs) This is the one where Captain Sisko and the crew of the Defiant aren't stuck on Deep Space Nine. They're actually out having adventures, but they do get stuck in orbit around a planet. When they beam down, they discover that it's populated by their own descendants, about 8,000 of them. Apparently, an energy barrier is going to do some quantum fluctuating and crash them on the planet 200 years in the past. Yes, I know, time travel's weird. Thankfully, Dax, now Yedrin Dax, has a plan to get them home and preserve their timeline as well. But wait! It's a trap! There is no quantum doubling! Yedrin is just making sure that they do crash on the planet to preserve all of those 8,000 lives. Cisco and the others say, bump that, we're going home. Then they get to know the people and decide not to because Starfleet. The plan goes wrong and they don't crash. So they never went back in time. So the 8,000 people never existed. Big reveal, it was future Odo's secret double cross plan all along. Oh, and now Kira knows that Odo has loved her all along. The end. All right, Corbin, kick us off. Tell us uh, who is doing what in the world now. Uh, For those that don't know Deep Space Nine, which would include y'all, so y'all are still the noobs here. (laughs) Yes. 
Tell us something about the characters. Um, so the captain of the ship, as Dad already mentioned, actually, is Cisco. Odo is the shapeshifter, the weird-faced dude with the, um, like, he turns into goo. <laughs> <laughs> That's regenerating. Basically, that goo is his original shape, and he has to do that every once in a while. Kind of like we have to go to, to sleep. Like, yeah. He has yeah. to sleep in a bucket. So, the trill is that woman. and With the awesome knot tattoos. Actually, also the boy. Yeah, that has the spots running down their, like, nice. just down their body. Right. Um, and her name is? Jed, Jedzia Dax. And his name is? Yedrin Dax. Awesome. And Trip pointed out something um, really... Ooh, should we should we do this now? Let's come let's come back to that. Okay. Let's, let's come back, back to that. that round out the characters. You did a very heroic job of trying to spell Bajoran. Uh, I think he spelled it Bergorian. <laughs> I thought that's what you said. Bajoran. That was the ridge-nosed um, woman. Her <laughs> name was Kira. <laughs> I like that instead of putting the name, instead of putting Kira, she's a Bajoran. You put the Bajoran. Her name's Kara. Like, they would know that. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, chief engineer was Miles O'Brien, the guy with the curly red hair or whatever. Here comes my favorite note so far. Worf. Yeah, but the note says, Worf's here. No, <laughs> Worf's on here. Yeah. <laughs> Worf's on the I ship. I was just typing really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And then, of course, Yedrin, which we already mentioned a minute ago. So, trip. Yes. Trip, 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 trip. Tell us about the trill. The trill? Yeah, th- so the trill was uh, Jadzia Dax. Remember, she has like the parasite worm thing. Yeah, and it so goes from body to body. Yeah, so what do you remember about how that works in Star Trek? My what? About how the trill? How did the trill work with the parasite thing and the changing? I think it's kind of like the doctor because like it goes from body to body. Right. All right. So for those who don't know, those who uh, like these guys were not up on the idea of the trill. They're what's I called a uh, what is it called? A um, symbiotic uh, species. So you have the symbiote, which is the little alien worm creature thing. They're really ugly, by the way. And, and then, then they basically they. The they host. Hmm? And then, like, the host. Right. And what you see is the host, which is basically a human with spots yeah. on, like, the side of their neck. And apparently they go yeah. all the way down the sides of the torso and the legs. And when that host body dies, either from old age or, like, you know, getting shot or something, <laughs> they can transpo- uh, transport, transplant, that's the word, transplant the trill uh, symbiote into another trill host body. And so they can continue to live on. It's like, so Dax, it's usually offspring, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's not. A, it's it's never offspring, to my knowledge. The whole thing about the trill, it, they really explore this in this show, and uh, you have a really interesting concept where once the symbiote is transplanted into a new host, it's like okay, that life is over. And so, if you were married, so like if if Jadzia was married, which later on she actually is um then in so like yedrin dax yedrin's not married and doesn't go back to that 
you know, that life and that family. And if I remember correctly, in some of Dax's earlier lives, he had kids or she had kids. That's another thing is that before Dax was Jadzia Dax, a woman, he was Curzon Dax, which was a, a man. Yeah. Who Cisco met as an older guy. So he always calls this 20 something woman old man uh, as a, as a little nod to their previous friendship. And uh, that one's a rarity, by the way, the fact that they became friends like again. Um, so you have this abandoning of the old life. And then uh, I'm explaining this to Trip, and he goes, what, what, did you, what was your first thought? So it's just like the doctor. And I was like, no, it's not like the doctor. I mean, it's, you know, it's the same character, but it's different. And like they're in a different body and they have a different face, but like inside it's still the same thing holy crap it's just like the doctor <laughs> i know that's exactly holy crap. what he did and like leave it to this show ladies and gentlemen this is why you watch this show <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this is why you listen to this show because it's a podcast you can't it's, watch a podcast it's not video <laughs> uh unless so. you just watch the um your screen that shows the same okay, image one of the two of you corbin make a note right now i need to share that ear eye i see what you're saying thing that I showed y'all earlier today, the ear and the eye thing, I need to share that on the page because <laughs> <laughs> it ties in well with what we're talking about right now. So, yeah, so the idea, um, Trip, what else were you pointing out about it? Like, the connections. It kind of bye bye and still, like, remembers everything that happened before. Like, he can still have the memories from mm-hmm. the previous, um, characters and stuff basically like dax is the doctor and the host is the body yeah yeah kind of um except you know there's there's no like actual two physical creatures kind of thing but it's very similar so so when this what's that i said it's one person it's not a person it's time lord so right so um oh but interestingly time lords have two hearts interesting Mm. so but yeah so the um the trill they maintain their their memories but they are uh, the the personality of the symbiote in this case dax the symbiote's name is dax and then the host's name is jadzia and jadzia was a a person she was a a living person up until the point where Dax was implanted in her and then she, it's kind of like this new life begins so there's a little bit of her personality and a little bit of Dax's personality and then boom that's Jadzia Dax and uh, and again kind of like they explore this with regenerations they they explore this concept throughout Star Trek Deep Space Nine where it's um, the, the, the intermingling of those two personalities mm-hmm. and it's really really interesting I never put that together until Tripp said that that it is totally <laughs> like Time Lords. It's totally Time Lords. It is the Time Lords. So, um, so that has nothing to do with Wibbly Wobbly. Nothing whatsoever. Nope. Um, but it was definitely an interesting side note for a uh, <clears throat> for a Doctor Who podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So well done, Trip. He gets the uh, MVP uh, award for this for this week. All right. So what we want to do is, as we said, we want to talk about how time travel works in this episode mm-hmm. did they and by that we mean the writers have to set up the rules of time travel mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and we've already said that there's a million ways that they do time travel in star trek 
and we don't That's care. Kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah. We we only care how they do time travel in this episode of this series of of Star Trek. We don't care about all the other ones. And they they're going to establish their rules for time travel, but then did they keep their rules for time travel? And then <laughs> and I threw in the notes there what existential crises pop up as a result because there are some major stuff that happens in this mm-hmm. episode because yeah. of major wibbly wobbly stuff. So uh, so, Corbin, what kind of time travel are we dealing with here? First of all, what kinds of time travel? What are the two basic kinds that we talked about? There's where you can change the past or where you can't change the past. Right. So either you can or you can't. If you can't... And that's just the past because technically if you went into the future and changed something... Then yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. That would be the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. still. Yeah. This was... Definitely one where you could change it, as presented at the very end of the episode, where they make it out without crash landing. Trip said spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers. Yeah, we're going to spoil this episode. Warning. Actually, we already did. I gave the recap, so spoiled. Spoiled. So, so can you or can't you change things? Hmm? Can't. You definitely. Yeah. You definitely can. can, Because suddenly Uh, 8,000 people cease to exist. Right, right. So So they have not existed from the start. Aha. Like, seriously. Aha. So so here's the thing. Um, Okay, first of all, what caused time travel in this episode, Trip? Do you remember? How they got knocked back 200 years. A quantum fluctuation. Right, so this one is, this one's not time machine, right? No. This is space. Exactly. This, this is yes. Like space so, crap sent them back in time. Did you say space crap? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we refer to that as an anomaly. A, a quantum crap. anomaly. No. Space crap? Okay. Space crap. <laughs> so the space crap, um, yeah. And, and interestingly enough, this is one of those episodes where effect precedes cause. Yeah. Right? They meet their descendants before the event that leads them to produce those descendants, right? Yeah. They tell them, in two days from now, you're going to try and leave the planet. When you do, you're going to hit the quantum anomaly and the energy barrier and wibbly-wobbly. You're going to crash land back on the planet 200 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this this messes up everything. <laughs> because, um, somebody's bumping. This messes up everything because now they know, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Cisco even says this. If you hadn't told us, it probably would have came true. So yeah, and Cisco says, now that we said. know that that, that that happened, can't we change it? Yeah. Okay. Avoid it. All right. So, so Trip, you are Captain Cisco, right? And we are mm-hmm. your crew from the Defiant. And what do we want to do? Like, what what were they talking about doing at the very beginning Going of the episode? Back. Going home. We've been away for a long time. We want to go home. And now they're faced with the fact that not only, like, has it been a long time since they've been home and, like, they're almost home and then they decided to do this thing. Now they're finding out that as a result of that, they're never going to go home (laughs) if they don't get off this planet. What makes me wonder is why didn't they just leave before the quantum anomaly was going to happen? Could have easily left, like... To to try and preserve both timelines. The reason that they decided to do that was because Yedrin's plan, right? Yeah, but then once they found out it was a fraud, they could have just left immediately instead of. Um, no, didn't no, 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 because something disgusting. conveniently broke on the ship. Remember? 
and they crash landed the inertial dampeners are offline because they're always offline and <laughs> something else happened and o'brien says we're going to be here for a while right uh, man we were almost home and now we're stuck here all right so trip back to you you're, you're captain cisco and you realize that you're crashed on this planet what is the one thing you're trying to do go home yeah get your crew home what does everybody else on the defiant want to do Go home. Go home. Yeah. Get home. So what? Cisco's like, oh, cool. So there's a quantum anomaly. We'll not crash into that. <laughs> and instead, <laughs> we'll go. Thanks for the information. Yeah. Instead, we'll go home. All right. Corbin. Thanks for giving us the exact coordinates. Uh, yeah. Right. All right. So, Trip, what's the problem? Why don't they just do that? Because there's something broken. It's, no. it's a because show. Because they're Starfleet. <laughs> they have too much heart. <laughs> Trip it's a says, show. Because it's a show. Imminently well, no. practical. The because it's a show is why they didn't, why it messed up and they didn't end up going back in time. Yeah, sure. No, but, uh, okay, but in Universe Trip, what's the problem with Cisco saying, all right, let's get on the ship and go home? What's the problem? What's going to happen if they do that? 8,000 people will die. Eight, well, cease, they won't even die. They They'll cease, cease to, to exist. exist. And as one of the Klingon dudes later on is like, I'd rather die than just not exist anymore. Yeah. Um, ooh, there's an existential crisis. Corbin, make a note real quick. <laughs> when we get, Make a section for existential crisis because <laughs> we need to talk about Kira and we need to talk about the Klingons dying and Stovall Corps. Make a note about that. Good luck spelling Stovall Corps. <laughs> I'm just going to put down Kling- existential just, crises. Yeah, but, okay, all right, but put Kira and Klingon, so I don't forget to mention the, the Klingons, because there was some there was some crazy uh, nature of reality and the afterlife stuff going on there. All right, so so they, they, can't, they can't just pick up and leave the planet, because if they do, then all of these people are no longer going to exist. But what is the crew's initial reaction to all that? Meh, well, who cares? <laughs> Meh, 8,000 people. Meh. Uh, that really was what was happening a lot. Like, for a lot of the people, it's like, I don't care it's like all these people are going to die. I already have me, a me, family. Me, me, me. Right, yeah, O'Brien was like, I don't know these people, but I do have a wife and child that are, you know, waiting for me to come home, and they need me and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, very... <sighs> So there's, in addition to all the wibbly-wobbly stuff, there's a lot of, like, ethical quandaries, ethical decisions to be made here, you know, like, yeah. and, oh, and, and then mixed into all of it, not only we want to go home and our families are waiting for us, what was the other big thing? What's going to happen if they crash land? They'll never... Kira will die. Oh, yeah, yeah Kira will die. Yeah, yeah, Kira will die. So that's weighing on everybody's mind as well, and, you know, a lot of the people are saying it's not worth... You can't ask Kira to sacrifice her life. You can't ask, like, literally dying. And you can't ask this crew to give up their lives for the sake of 8,000 people. Nobody has that right, right? It's the whole, you know, uh, argument from the from the greater good. You know, you can say, well, if this one person dies, 8,000 people live. Nah. You know, that's like, that's questionable ethics. You know, you can't say, well, we're going to kill you so that these people can live. That's mm, mm-hmm. definitely not Starfleet. Definitely not a Starfleet. Not at all. But these people aren't Starfleet, so. Who? All the people on the planet. Oh, those people. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They By that, 200 years later, they're definitely not Starfleet anymore. Yeah, there's no Starfleet as far as they're concerned. I mean, there's not know, even like, any. Hmm. Actually, yeah, because it was shot back in time 200 years. Starfleet wasn't invented yet. Yeah, um, I can't remember the timeline on that, but they definitely weren't. Uh, well, we didn't say in, in, in anything so far that they're 
hopefully you remember from the episode that they were on the other side of the wormhole so they're in the gamma quadrant so even if time-wise starfleet had been created i don't remember when it was in relation to this episode they definitely weren't anywhere near them geographically like there was there was no Way connection there was yeah 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 because they're like did you try you know sending out a distress signal they're like for who you know nobody's <laughs> out here nobody's nobody's exploring this region of space who's um, gonna be in the this, gamma quadrant uh, yeah and if, wasn't there some shit that ended up there like voyager delta or? quadrant they went to the delta quadrant which is different oh i thought different. you said the gamma quadrant no star no voyager ends up in the delta quadrant which was one that no one had ever been to uh, well, eh. well, it was completely unexplored, essentially. That's the short version. So, someone had been there at least. Okay, one so time. they the attempted solution is I'm gonna do this uh, wibbly wobbly stuff where I'm gonna send you into the quantum anomaly in such a way that, that science, science, babble, babble, tech, it. tech. Uh, you're going to split in two, essentially. And so there'll be two duplicates, and one will bounce off uh, and crash land, and then the other one will escape. And so you guys get to go home, and then we We get get to all exist. (laughs) We all get to exist. And then, Mm. uh, so so in that sense, uh, they're saying that, you know, we we can change things, sort of, by also keeping them the same. Yeah, which is... Really a confusing concept. Right. The uh, the other option is don't fly into the... Qu- since, like you said, Corbin, because we know the coordinates of the quantum anom- anomaly, to say that ten times fast, we can avoid it and we can just leave, right? No quantum doubling. We just leave. And if that happens, then everybody there ceases to exist. So can you change time? Uh, can, can you go back in time and change things? Yes. Yes. Right. Or this is actually in this case they didn't. Even <laughs> this is actually changing time. things by not going back in time at all. But yeah, they so so things can be changed. They're trying to make it so you get your cake and eat it too. Did they stick with those rules? Can you change things? Did yes. they stick with those rules? Yeah, they stuck oh, with that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, what ends up happening? They, they change, do it. change it. Right. They change it in the weirdest way possible for the consistency of the show because what did we say <laughs> what did we say in the intro we're the only podcast on the internet talking about a time travel show that actually doesn't involve time travel mm-hmm. so you've got this weird sort of causal loop it's like a non-causal loop a causal loop is the bootstrap paradox right yeah. okay. i did something that caused a past version of myself to do things that led me to be able to do cause my past yeah you know a equals b equals c equals a you know you just or A caused B caused C caused A which caused B which caused C which caused A you know so it's this it's a causal loop Um, this is like this is the opposite of a causal loop this is because you know so A caused B and B caused C so C caused A to not cause B what (laughs) they they came to the planet they got stuck they try and escape they crash in the past Here's what and I so the next so then the next time in air quotes because we're on a podcast the next time the the loop happens they come and they meet their own descendants presumably in this one there was a first a where there was exactly. nobody on the planet exactly at some point they they arrived there with no one on the planet 
crashed with no one on the planet, set up a civilization, right? So then, quote, the next time through the loop, the fact that they encountered their own descendants ultimately is what led to them not traveling back in time, Mm -hmm. thus breaking the loop. Isn't that weird? So if you so, so I guess if it has a start, it can't be a loop. Right. Yeah. 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 It, like I said, it's the opposite of a causal loop. It's really weird. Yeah. The fact. It, yeah. It's more like a straight line than a loop. It huh? starts. No, no, off no. It's as more like a loopy loop. It starts off as a yeah. causal loop, but then stops just like right there. Yeah. The only thing missing from this here's here's what would really make it interesting. Okay. Why did they go to the planet in the first place? Because of a some sort of ion storm. Or yeah, something. there's an interesting anomaly. And so they go apparently, to investigate. it's going to make it so planet. we can't even put probes through it after. Right everything. now, okay. Now here's what I here's the way I remembered it because obviously I've seen this one a couple times and I I remembered it incorrectly. What I thought it was is that they responded to the distress signal from the from the settlement. All right. So think about that. If that was the case, we we would definitely have a bootstrap paradox causal loop because but if then they if would they, somehow break. If that. they came to the planet because their descendants hailed them, mm-hmm. then you have this situation where they never would have come to the planet if it weren't for the fact that they had had already come to the planet. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, in the quote first time, what brought them to the planet originally? Nothing. However. They didn't go that route. They went to the planet because of the planet anyway, because there was something right. interesting there, and then Which happened really to find the colony. Which was really the only way this could have worked, because otherwise there's basically no way to break a, bro- blah, 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 break a bootstrap paradox. Well, no, they just decided that you can. <laughs> On this you episode, can break a they just decided you In my opinion, you, absolutely you can't can. do that. You can't, you can't break You shouldn't be able to. Right, which maybe maybe that's why. But in this episode, they didn't decide. They didn't have a can, bootstrap. Yeah, cause they yeah. They had the opposite of a causal loop. They I don't even know what to. I don't even know if there's a classification for this that I've ever come across. So they had like the opposite of a causal paradox where they showed up at some point, crashed on the planet, caused their descendants to exist. Then they, you know, the second time through, they meet their descendants, which then leads to them not crash landing and those descendants never appearing. So they'll never. Mm-hmm. So it's not <laughs> okay. It's not a Impossible. So they, but again, they, they kept their own rules of time travel. They kept their own rules of time travel, but ended up with a non-episode. A non-episode. Right. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things where I said it, sometimes I hate it when time travel episodes end up with the result that nothing that actually happened. ever happened. happened. Okay, okay, now, now, nothing had to here's, nothing here's one happen. thing that they did get wrong. Did we have a section on that? Did they follow their own rules? Yeah, there you go. All right. They meet their own descendants who provide them with the, with the information and the means to escape crashing, which means their descendants never existed. All right, so there's a paradox, right? They shouldn't have been able to escape the planet without the information provided by the people who were only there because they didn't escape, mm-hmm. right? So that's a yeah. paradox. But even, uh, they almost touched on this, okay? They said those people never existed. And what does Cisco say? Except for in our hearts. Yeah, 
right? Mm. They they existed because we remember them. How do they remember them? <laughs> if they never they existed, they exist because we remember them. But they don't exist and never did, so you shouldn't. So remember you shouldn't them. remember them, right? What? So okay, so yeah. rules of time travel. Okay, this is another subset of rules. If you're in a time travel story where you can change the past, there's two ways of doing things. Either you change the past and nothing, nobody remembers it, or everybody remembers it, or only, only certain you. people remember it. That's what is in Back to the Future. Correct. Only Marty McFly remembers what it was like. Exactly. Exactly. Marty remembers the way things were and then the way that things are now, but nobody else does. And you just have to go, well, that's because he was the one time traveling. Yeah. Right? Which does make you wonder, does, uh, what's his name, that doctor guy, does he remember? Doc Brown? Yes. He doesn't remember the other way things went. He doesn't remember the original version of history. He remembers Marty coming back. So Except his, in the second so his, and third ones, right? Um. Oh, later on, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's some of that stuff. So again, they create this little mini paradox, and then they also just say, "But we still remember them." How yeah. do you remember them? You know, like, and again, wibbly wobbly. There were some quantum things that happened. Some some quantums fluctuated, and so there you go. <laughs> right? And they just kind of move on with their life. All right. So, was there anything else, guys, as far as time travel rules and and laws, and did they keep them and did they break them and all that? Not that I remember. They seem to do a lot better job with getting things right than Meet the Robinses did. Hmm, yeah. Well, and this is Star Trek. I mean, this is a little bit yeah. more hard sci-fi than Meet the Robinsons was comedy. Is basically yeah. what that was. But um, so. okay, so I do want to get into the existential crisis or crises because there was there were several. Um, so first of all, you have um, you have this thing about Kira. Kira has to now live with the fact that she got to live at the cost of 8,000 people never having existed. Mm-hmm. Essentially, wow. essentially, it's like saying 8,000 people had to die so that I could live. Wow. Yeah. So how, how do you live with that? With that little bit of knowledge. <laughs> well, I mean, she does. She, mm-hmm. you know, she finds a way, and she, fi- she, you know what? I'm betting she finds a way in the most Star Trek way possible by forgetting it ever happened the next week, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I don't think I don't think there's any episodes after this where they go, "Hey, y'all, remember that time that eight thousand of our descendants stopped existing?" <laughs> and I mean, that's were not something they would probably have to bring up, but. Huh? Yeah, they but I mean, you know what I mean. It's Star Trek, you know. It. So a lot of times right. they just they just move on with their lives like nothing like, ever happened. Meh. Yeah, no one cares that eight thousand people died because we decided we wanted to go home. Meh. Nobody Meh. cares. Yeah, and and so you know, Jadzia and Cisco are like, oh man, it must have been Yedrin's plan all along, or whatever. And maybe he changed his mind. And then Odo comes in, and I kind of felt like Odo was a jerk because Odo comes in and goes. All right, so Kira, now I know the truth. Now I know what really happened, and it's all your fault. <laughs> it's essentially, what? it's essentially what he says. He goes, "My future self, my you know the other Odo, he changed everything. He changed the flight path so that you guys could escape, so that you would survive." And she's like, 8,000 lives." And he's like, 
he did it for you. He's like, <laughs> it's your fault, Kira. You know, I'm like, you, you want to talk about survivor's guilt? I mean, you know, it's like saying that <laughs> this guy who claims to love you um, blew up a building full of people, including men, women, and children, uh, so that you would live. I mean, that's essentially what he did, you know? And, and then on top of that, oh, by the way, that guy that did that was me, sort of, in the future. It's kind of me. The future no longer existing version of me. Exactly. A version of me who now no longer existed. Um, so yeah and I say existential crisis that's just kind of a I don't know maybe more survivor survivor's guilt here's the real the the real one that messed with my head as far as existential crisis okay so you got the Klingons right the the quote Klingons Um, that are either half Klingon or entirely human right who just excuse me I'm boring myself Uh, (laughs) these are the people that decided to live according to Worf's, you know, teachings or whatever, uh, his, you know, the Klingon way. So they're Klingon, you know, by choice kind of thing. I yeah. choose to be a Klingon. Actually, oh, yes. the dude said by blood or by choice. What did I just say? You just said by choice, but... <laughs> well, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> uh, so, And by choice, I meant by choice. choice. So... But at any rate, so they are like really bummed out as as you do when they find out that at some point tomorrow they're going to not only stop existing but have never existed. And he's like, that is terrible. I would rather die and go to Stovalcor. Okay, I don't know if y'all picked this up. Stovalcor is Klingon heaven. That's all it is. Okay. Klingon there are afterlife. battle to the death in heaven. Is that? Uh, did he mention that? Is that a thing? Anyways. So, you know, you, you so die honorably. Exactly <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Klingon heaven is one long battle. So, <laughs> forever. Klingons, you know, believe that if you die an honorable death, then you go and you join your ancestors in Stove of Core um, and go to be with Kaelas, which is basically Klingon Jesus. And so, <clears throat> he's like Jesus with a but bumpy if, forehead and a big giant sword. Well, if you kill him and then you make him cease to exist. Ah, so that's the existential crisis right all right so he says rather than not ever existing wharf i want you to kill me now and they all say yeah me too i got dibs kill me now three of them yeah all three of them uh which presumably represent hundreds of other ones but yeah so except they were the only three that came to the Battle, quote unquote. Quiet you. Yeah, the battle against time. Come on, Worf. Oh, gosh. But at least it worked. It worked. Didn't they actually say, get the others? Yeah, yeah, he did. The other guy went running off. He did say, go get the other ones. So he says, kill me now. Give me an honorable death. But Corbin hit the nail on the head. Okay, so let's play that out. Let's say Worf goes, cool beans, grabs the, the knife, slits their throats right there. Boom. They drop dead. Presuming that Klingon religion is true and accurate, they go to Stovalcore. Okay. The next day, they, they do something that results in them never having existed. Meaning they will no longer be in Stovalcore. Which means that nobody uh, in Stovalcore will remember them. And. Do they get to stay in Stovalcore? Here's the thing. Or do they. It's ever basically exist? a would you rather spend one day in heaven or just not at all? <laughs> It's been one day in heaven. Uh, That's a good point. 
Um, but I mean, how weird would that be? Um, you know, so again, Klingon Jesus named Kalis, you know, you're, you're, you're welcomed into the, the loving, uh, blood wine soaked hands of Kalis. And he says, welcome into your reward. And then gives you a big bear hug, Klingon bear hug. And then you just disappear. And Kalis is like, well, that is weird. Like, must have been a I'm, dream. I'm Klingon Jesus. And I didn't see that coming. Like, <laughs> Corbin's about to fall off his exercise ball. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it brings up some interesting um, conundrums, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? Um, so, so again, in this scenario, okay, in the scenario, before they leave, there is theoretically, okay, so, so the Bajorans have a different... Uh, religion, obviously, and they believe in what's called the prophets. Oh, and when they die, they go to walk with the prophets in the celestial palace, celestial, now what is it? The celestial temple, the celestial temple, which turns out to be the wormhole, by the way. But at any rate, that's their belief, right? Okay, so we're just going to assume for the sake of this philosophical discussion that all these religions are true. I don't know. Somehow. Just go with it. All right, so... During this episode, during the entirety of this episode, we have to presume that there are two Kiras. There's the Kira who's alive on the planet trying to figure out whether or not they need to go back in time or not. And then there's the Kira that's buried at the grave that Kira visits and is therefore with the prophets in the celestial temple. Mm -hmm. But then they change things. So, so when the 8,000 people cease to exist, so does Kira in the celestial temple so the prophets are like welcome kira into our that was weird we are timeless beings who see all things and i didn't see that coming same thing for all of the other people that died during those 200 years yeah. you know presumably again assuming that all religions are correct in this scenario <laughs> all of the various people. yes all of the various heavens that they were in just like they just aren't anymore just having lunch. So having lunch. I love that. <laughs> Leave it to one of my kids. You know what heaven is? You know what heaven is? It's like lunch. <laughs> We're having lunch like every day, all day. That's Brayden. That's Brayden's <laughs> idea of heaven right there. They're my youngest, Brayden. That's his pizza. idea of heaven. Yeah, it's it's pizza and potato chips. 24 hours a non-day because there's no days in heaven just for all of eternity there's snacks <laughs> oh boy but at any rate so what happens with all of these all of these presumably dead living in paradise people they just get to not be there anymore or maybe mm. maybe if you make it to paradise then you get to stay there quantum fluctuations or not it's but like then if that's the case then Kira eventually is going to die and meet herself who's already been there for 200 uh. years my brain hurts. <laughs> well, that would also mean that everyone else on the crew would. That's what I was saying. Everyone, all the all the 49 crew members, all of their descendants, all of those people. Oh, no, you're saying, okay, you're saying that they would end up meeting their other selves that died up before them. Holy Plus. cow. Okay, I just realized something. Whatever religion that Catherine Janeway is, her heaven is entirely populated by her. She has died so many times in alternate timelines. If what we're talking about is accurate, there is an entire heaven somewhere that is just Captain Janeway's of various ages and and 
you died like eight times. Oh, it's got to be more than eight. It's got to be more than eight. I'm pretty sure there's one episode where like she died a couple of times in, in a single episode because of a time loop or something. What? Uh, <laughs> what? Um. A la Lorca. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just that gonna. I was just gonna say. He died. You know. Like, you know what? I wonder if they did that just to try and beat Janeway's record because she has yeah. more. She racks up more deaths than any other character in Star Trek. On screen deaths than any other character in Star Lorca. Trek. It died like twenty times or something. How many times? Yeah, but how many times do we see him die? That's the other question. Like, well, we see him die a ton. Just yeah, like, it's, it's at least a dozen. Blasted, and then he finally does die for real. Huh? Yeah, and that's only one alternate universe. <laughs> Watch version him of come him. back and then die again. <laughs> well, whole other whole other show. Um, so at any rate, okay. The other. All right. Here's the other existential crisis. I'm glad I just remembered this because it's in my other notes that I don't have with me. Okay. One of these days, guys, we're going to watch a, a movie called The Prestige. Okay? Okay. Is it time travel? Huh? Is it time travel? It is not. No. It is okay. not. Um, I don't know how much I want to spoil it for you. Okay. Because we definitely will watch it. Maybe we'll watch it soon because I don't see any reason why we couldn't. Um, for, those of the, for those of you who have seen The Prestige, you'll get the correlation. I'll just leave it there. Think about the movie Prestige and think about the man in the box versus the man on the stage. That's all I'm going to say for that. <laughs> what? But let me ask you, so you guys think about this, okay? All right, Trip, you're Cisco again, okay? Yes. All right. So presumably, uh, let's say, let's just say that Yedrin's original plan about the quantum doubling would work. Let's just say it would work, which Corbin, you pointed out, was very much like what? Oh, Commander Riker. Right. Um, which we watched ahead to watch that episode, right? Mm. There's an episode mm-hmm. where the Enterprise yeah. finds yeah. out that eight years ago or something, when Riker was beaming off of a planet... He somehow quantum doubled. Yeah. One stayed behind, the other made it to the ship. Yeah, that wasn't even quantum doubling. It was, I don't know, something happened and he got beamed Some out and beamed back thing. at the same time. So there was an exact duplicate of him left on the planet by himself. And poor Holy Lieutenant crap. Riker was trying to figure out why no one had ever come back for him. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at any rate, so you have, it's, it's, it's that idea, except instead of beaming through an energy barrier, they actually fly through the energy barrier in this episode. And there's a quantum thing, so quantum doubling because okay sure why not so all right so trip you're captain cisco we're your crew we're going to fly into this quantum anomaly and we're going to do it willingly because you know why because we're going home right except maybe you're not because we'll get bounced back and our double will make it through which one's the double about this oh which one's the they're not there's not an original and a double they're exact duplicates so think about it first person. What were you thinking, Corbin? You were thinking before uh, I go into my thinking. You tell me yes, you're thinking. I was like, well, first of all, do you seriously want to go back to your family knowing that you're leaving another version of yourself on this planet? And then I was Ooh, thinking, yeah, I was also thinking, well, how would you, how do you know that you're going to make it through as the one that gets through, exactly. not the one that gets bounced back. Exactly. Actually, there you have a 50-50 chance. And also, it's kind of weird with a quantum double. Wouldn't you be, like, receiving the same information and stuff? What does that mean? Or maybe I'm not thinking 
Okay. Trip, what were you thinking? If they're the ones getting doubled, the, the double is the one that's going to split off, and they're going to keep going forward into but the... they're not exactly getting doubled. Yeah, so here's the thing. It's... All right, so think of like a, a copier machine, right? Yeah. Take a piece of paper, you put it on the on the glass, you hit the button, it goes zoop, and it scans it and spits out a copy, right? Yeah. So you know that the one on top on the glass is the original, and the one that shot out the bottom is the copy. That's not what we're talking about. We're not scanning you and 3D printing a, a copy of you. We're quantum doubling you. Every molecule, every every quantum element of your body is being exactly duplicated and one is going left and the other is going right, right? One's leaving the planet and one's crash landing back on the planet. So it's not a copy, it's a duplicate. Both of you, it's not like the original flies off into space and the copy crash lands or the copy flies off and the original crash lands. They're both the original, right? There's a, there's a movie called, okay, there's a movie called Multiplicity. That's a comedy movie. It's a comedy about cloning. Uh, so, you have, you have um, uh, Michael Keaton and he plays a guy who gets cloned so that he has more time in his day, right? He can send his clone off to work. So what happens is he goes in, the guy t explains how it's all going to happen. And he says, okay, let's do this. And then they put him to sleep to clone him. And then he wakes up. And he looks and he looks across the room and he sees himself standing there and he turns to the doctor and he goes, is that him? And the, and the guy on the other side of the room and the doctor look at each other and they smile and he's like, what's going on? And he says, no, you're him. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm him. I'm me. That's my clone. And he goes, hang on a second. He gets a mirror. He pulls back the guy's ear and shows him in the reflection a number two. Uh, tattooed on the back of his ear. So when he went to sleep, he was him. When he woke up, he was a clone mm -hmm. of himself. So in in in, in that and movie, in that movie, there was an original him. and there was a copy. There was an original and there was a copy, right? But when the copy woke up, he woke up with all the memories of the original. Mm -hmm. So he thought he was the original, only to find out he was the guy. So imagine one day you go to sleep and then you wake up and find out you're actually a clone of yourself, right? So. Now, in this case, it's not a clone. It's There's not, not an original and a clone. copy. There's not an original and a clone. They're both originals. They're both duplicate. They're exactly they who they were. Have the okay. Same so, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. So, you fly off in this spaceship, and like Corbin said, you have a 50 50 shot. After you Hopefully. go through that quantum anomaly of coming out on one end with the. The, the the result you wanted, I'm going home, or coming out with the opposite result and crashing on the planet. Because we're not creating a carbon copy that we can throw away, crash them on the planet, and say, oh well, that's the copy, who cares? It's them. Mm -hmm. So you are, you are both saving yourself and condemning yourself at the same time. Mm -hmm. You're both saying, I'm going home, and you're saying, I'm not going home. And then, again, first person, let's, let's, Captain, let's fly off together. Okay, let's fly through the quantum anomaly. And then let's assume that the three of us right now, as we're experiencing it, we come through the other side and we've escaped. Yes. Yay, now, we will escape, like Corbin said, fully with the full knowledge that we left a, a, 
a quantum duplicate of ourselves crash landing on the planet devastated that they were the one who woke up on that end of the bargain mm-hmm. Wow! and my soul shatters <laughs> when i, I think know. about it it's like oh my gosh like how do you even, even do like, that they know don't put anyone they through what that. you don't want to go through yourself but certainly That's don't put yourself through something <laughs> that you don't want to go through yourself <laughs> like <Don't. seriously. laughs> I love the logic. Don't put your don't put somebody else through something terrible, but definitely don't do it to yourself. That's just dumb. Like um, if you don't want to do something, don't make someone else do it. But if you don't want to do something, don't make a copy of yourself to make. Don't make do it. no. It's again. There's no copies. Don't make yourself do it. You're you know. And so that's the thing. You crash land on the planet and you go. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. That was a stupid plan. Why did we do that? I know. <laughs> like, why did I ever agree to that? You know. <laughs> Um, there's, and, and there's Which a... is why I'm glad the quantum doubling thing never ended up occurring. Because then we would going, th- we would be going, thinking about all this right now with like <laughs> tears in our eyes. Knowing that it actually happened. Well, tears in our eyes, except for the fact that it's fiction. It's, <laughs> it's a, a movie. It's a movie. Uh, so, th- but it just, it, any t- there's lots of shows and movies and things that kind of deal with this and some of them just gloss over them like that scene in multiplicity they do that and then it's like oh okay i guess i'm the clone <laughs> like whoa wait a minute your whole life has just changed your whole life well, not really. you you had yeah really well, why not what do you mean Explore. you're still you're still the same person you have all the same memories and basically, you're doing the same tasks, just less okay. of them. Okay, so in the in that movie, in Multiplicity, the idea was I'm going to make a clone. I'm going to make a carbon copy so that my carbon copy can go to work for me and I can do all the fun stuff that I don't have time for because I'm too busy at work. Mm-hmm. And still get okay. money and stuff. And still get money and stuff. And be at home with my kids and, and be able to see my wife more and do all of those things. Okay, now, so you fall asleep with that plan in mind, right? And then you wake up to find out, nope, you're the guy who has to go to work so that the original guy... Yeah. Ca- oh, and by the way, nobody else knows about the cloning process. It's a secret. Huh. So I read this comic about... It was a Calvin and Hobbes comic uh-huh. where... Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is all imagination, but he clones himself, and his clone doesn't want to do all the stuff he exactly. tells his clone to do. <laughs> exactly. And then his clone clones, clones himself like oh my four gosh. more times. That's multiplicity. Yes. That's what happens in the movie. That's exactly what happens in the movie. That's I wonder who th- ripped off who. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to check the copyright dates on this. All right. Any rate, so that's that's um, that's some of the just stuff that messes with your head there uh, about the nature the nature of reality and existence, right? Uh, Corbin, do we have any other notes or anything else that we wanted to bring up? Mm, no. I think we're getting no, long no. here, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, like we tend to do. I always go, hey, this will be a short episode. Womp, womp. All right, well, I think that's about all we had to discuss for this one. Corbin? You still got to do is it good stuff. Like oh, yeah. Okay, I don't see that on here. I don't see what? that on the notes. It is on the notes, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. You put the other stuff after it. Okay. All right, so, yeah, let's boil it down. Was it good? So, Trip, was it a good time travel story? Time travel story. Did it handle time travel well? Um, I think Scale of 1 to 10. Kind of like a seven. Okay. Like it handled it definitely better than the um the last wibbly wobbly we did. Yeah. <laughs> way better. Way better way than Nathan Robinson's. Better. But I don't really know how to rate it because I've never like. T- 
taken a time travel story and really like looked at it and see how. Don't worry, you're going to from now on. (laughs) 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 All right, so you give it a seven. Yeah, I think a seven. Okay, this is a good solid number, Corbin. Something I just realized. uh, The Kira, she did have a quantum double made of herself. So like, what the heck happened to that quantum double? Wait, what? While they were going through Oh, the no, that was like a momentary doubling. Remember how you oh, saw her so split and then she came back together? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, oh, didn't, yeah. they didn't fully split. So ah. that's probably why the plan wouldn't work, because that couldn't happen. So what are you, you going to give it as a time travel story? Scale of 1 to 10. Like Tripp said, it handled it way better than Meet the Robinsons. Yep. And I, well, I was going to say well. I like it, but this is not, is it a good story? It's a good time travel. Was it travel. a good time travel story? Not the best time travel I've ever seen in how they handle it, okay. but it, All right. it was like seven, eight. Wow. Like I say best, I mean mm. creative. Okay. Because they could have played around with it a little more. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a good solid nine. I thought wow. this was great. Um, I think they were pretty self consistent, except for where it's, it's, you can never be fully consistent in a time travel story. It's really hard. Except for. Um, that one primer apparently got it right yeah yes. so apparently this movie primer is supposed to be the best time travel as far as handling it right um we looked at rotten tomatoes it's like 68 percent or something so apparently it's just not a good movie um so i'm gonna give this a good solid nine because i think that uh with that whole non-causal loop you know just their approach to time travel i think they stay self-consistent and also did it in a way that i've never seen done anywhere else uh off the top of my head that i'm remembering yeah. corbin was it a good story? Was it a good episode of Star Trek, of science fiction? Yeah. <laughs> it, seemed, <laughs> it kind of seemed like a bit of a character story and really just an emotional sort of how would you I mean, handle this situation? Right. Right. Because, like, certainly you wouldn't want to find out you're going to have to crash land on a ship, but you also... Uh, crash land on a planet, but you also wouldn't want eight thousand people to no longer exist because of that. Yeah, right. right. It's a hard decision, but and it kept us talking for an hour now. Yeah, so, so there's some meat on those bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight. An eight. eight. I'm gonna give this a nine as far as being a story. I just, this is good <laughs> Star Trek. This is good science fiction. Um, I I love a good time travel story. I think they uh, they did it well, and then like you said, man, there's just so much emotion in it, and so much like questioning things, and and uh, and then there's you know the the undercurrent of the love story, and uh, there's also some hints. I don't, we didn't even talk about this, but uh, Bashir, Doctor Bashir, says that you know they find out that he ends up marrying you know ensign so and so, and you know and had children, and that's where their descendants came from, and he doesn't even know ensign so and so, but he's like. When we get back to those to Deep Space Nine, I'm going to ask her on a date. You know, so there's like all these kinds of elements. You know, love love stories and everything. So I'm going to give it a nine. Trip overall as a story. I think just like you, I I did really like this. I mean, I had watched part of this before. Like, right. I think like I was in the pool or something <laughs> at our friend's house. Um, right. Trip always catches the end of episodes that Gordon yeah, and I watch together. Yes. Well, just like except for Interstellar, which you caught in the middle of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and last time all I saw was like the one little part where like they were talking about how Odo did it. 
how yeah at the end yeah. where Odo. So now having seen then, the whole thing, I think seeing the whole thing and like I kind of did like it how like it was really um interesting mm-hmm. how they handled it and how they made it. I think I'm gonna go with what you said. I think I'm gonna go with the nine. A nine. All right. So good, good, solid rankings overall. Mm-hmm. Um, great episode. I love a good Star Trek episode. Um, I love a good time travel story. And so when those two things overlap, um, it's always good. All right. That's all we have for this time, guys and gals and and listeners and um, adults and children and small dogs. Whatever. Whoever may be listening. Small dogs. Join us next time, where hopefully we will actually do Doctor Who. Uh, we'll be covering Series 2, Episodes 5 and 6. It's a two-parter, Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel. And like I said last time, you will not be disappointed. There's some great stuff that happens in these two episodes. In the meantime, Noobs and the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios. Research provided by senior producer Austin Reason. Hey, guys, that's me, right? Our audio engineer is that guy over there, Trip Reason. Hey. Corbin Reason is our production editor. Hey. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia. Wikia. Wikia.com for the trivia and Star and the staff of the Timberglen Library in Dallas for the DVDs. You can find us as all at all. You can find us as always at facebook.com slash noobs and the Whovian. And you can email us at noobs and the Whovian at gmail.com. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And we're the noobs. And we will catch you next time. That seemed to take a little longer this time. <laughs> Wait, it's we didn't do that. It's a trap. We did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was during the recap. Bye bye.